0: You're listening to the Sport of Business podcast, powered by the 321GO Project. We've talked with over 500 gym owners just like you, and every week we'll bring you the best of the best. We chat with industry experts, as well as deliver advice that you can use today. For more, visit 321GOproject.com. 2, 1, go! So uh, you know, welcome everybody to the Sport of Business podcast. We're here with Nick and Nicole, and I. And actually, we're on video right now, and I see a baby. What is the baby's name?
1: Uh, Gracie. This is Gracie.
0: Gracie. So yeah, we are joined by Gracie. If you hear uh, if you hear a baby fussing in the background, <laughs> she's adorable. thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so guys, um, so Nick and Nicole from CrossFit Two Four Eight. Give me just a brief history about how you guys uh, got started with CrossFit and what that transition was like to opening your own affiliate.
2: Okay, cool. Um, So we started doing CrossFit, um, let's see, I think uh, 2012. Uh, I, I saw the CrossFit Games in 2011. I had been working out like religiously in a typical like global gym setting for like five or six years. So my dad was a bodybuilder, and I kind of just did stuff that I saw him doing growing up. And I got really bored, uh, and it would drive me nuts when people would ask me to help them move, and I'd just get wrecked. So that that bothered me a lot, um, and I saw the CrossFit Games on TV and decided that I was going to make it to the CrossFit Games the next year. <laughs> so so, uh, so I, I found a, an affiliate Um and then they told me the price, and I didn't come back for like four months. <laughs> so, um, uh, so yeah, I saw the games again on TV. Nicole's cousin, who's a powerlifter, uh, talked me into going. Um, so I I started and signed up for to get my uh, L one um, like three days into starting CrossFit, and um, and Nicole was like really not.
1: Really nervous. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Really not digging the whole CrossFit. So yeah. yeah.
2: She wasn't up for it yet. So, um, it took about two months of me just like badgering everyone in my family and talking about it obsessively, um, uh, before Nicole joined. And then, uh, that was it. Our yeah. life kind of changed a lot at that point. We really, um, really started, uh, like living, I guess, the CrossFit life. Um, so, I was a coach at a gym here in Michigan, like about 15, mm-hmm. 20 minutes away from where we live for a year. Um, and then we were just presented with the opportunity to open our own gym. Um, it was kind of like a dream I had always had that I never thought would happen. It's not something I actively pursued. Um, it just, uh, it, through a series of events, just kind of like worked out perfectly without and, us having to. And how did up. that?
0: And how did that look, Nick? What were the like what were the nuts and bolts of getting that opportunity to open your affiliate?
2: Well, Nicole and I got really active in the CrossFit community really fast. Um so I started competing right away. We started hanging out with people in CrossFit. I started coaching a lot, and I was just obsessed um really with like learning about how to move better. Mm-hmm. Um so um yeah, I guess people started asking me questions. I started seeing people at competitions. Um, it was kind of new. I I worked in a coffee shop locally. So I saw like a jillion of the same people every day and a lot of them were business owners. So a few of them started approaching me and asking me if, um, if Nicole and I would start a business and they'd back us. Uh, and nobody was really like the, a good partner for us. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, uh, uh, basically, a lady that Nicole's known Nicole's family's known since before she was born, um, just kind of like offered up the opportunity for us to. Uh, she said she'd go into business with us, and that was like a dream come true. So um, we didn't really seek it out. Uh, we're just really grateful it happened. I guess. Yeah. That's,
0: that's great. So, what year did you guys open?
1: Two thousand thirteen. What yeah, was? The-
0: First. Well, so if, if there are any affiliate owners right now that, are, that were kind of in your shoes, like, you, you know, I dove headfirst into the CrossFit community. I got my right. L1. I'm coaching. What are some of the challenges that they can expect over the next few months of opening their affiliate?
2: Oh man, yeah. Uh, the list is long. I'll let Cole start that off. Did
0: this um, just did this just turn into like a two hour podcast? If we're gonna start no. listening the challenges,
1: <laughs> no. It's all it's all been so good. Um, yeah. but we got this. It, like the oh, like the investment part of it was so easy. I think we just kind of expected everything to be so easy. Um, so just first of all, opening um in just the gym we came from was pretty busy. So opening and not having a zillion people rushing through the door was, was one of the biggest challenges in the beginning. And we were lucky that we were able to break even about three months in. Um, So that was cool. But still, when we opened, we probably had, I think two people that were actually paying members ready to go Luckily, one of those people are still with us. Um, one of them is not. Um, but that was one of the biggest challenges. Another thing was, we never realized, um, like the problems we have to do with, deal with with like the city. Like we've heard this from a lot of other affiliate owners too. But we had to pay an arm and a leg to our city to get like zoning issues taken care of and to get an architect to draw up plans for our building and all that stuff. So. Those were two of the biggest things that I remember. Oh. What about you?
2: Yeah. So basically the biggest thing for us is we opened a gym because we're obsessed with CrossFit yeah. and we wanted to help people and we knew nothing about business. So when we started, we both um, really assumed um, that just being good people and wanting to help others uh, to the best of our ability would really carry us as business owners um, but we just really didn't know what we didn't know. There was so much stuff about running a business that we um, had no clue about. So
1: like a member
2: management system that I remember.
1: We had nothing. In the we didn't beginning. have a
2: member management system. Yeah. Um, yeah, just like a lot of the setups. Like we knew how to build a gym. We knew the equipment we needed. We knew we needed good coaches. But we had no idea how to get that place to run. I guess.
0: And so what are the, maybe, so to maybe save uh, a future affiliate owner from a couple headaches along the road, what would you say are like the top three things that you can just tell people, Hey, prepare, prepare, yourself for this. It's coming. Yeah.
1: Um, to, and we've had to backtrack and do this. Thanks to three, two, one go and everything, but having, um, a stratified model, and yeah, having huge. a procedure in order for everything, literally everything, for cleaning, for coaches, for the way classes are run, for all of that. I think those are one, two of the biggest things for me. But
2: Yeah, like the price, I, I really wish. We built our pricing structure on local gyms. Uh, that's all we knew. I, I really wish we knew about the stratified model. It would have saved us um, that huge like transition period that we just kind of got over um, at our gym where we had to make that switch. So that is big. Um, just basic stuff like your building. I wish we knew that we had to go to our city. Um, because we signed a lease for a building, um, that was not zoned to be used for CrossFit. So Mm -hmm. we really should have checked that out first. Um, but we just didn't know. And and for those that are listening right now, that so, we're talking
0: about the stratified model. So, people that are listening that are sort of outside the fold, uh, when we say stratified model, we're essentially saying that with all of our different services, we charge for our, we offer different things and we charge for different things. And we're essentially giving our uh, athletes choice as to how they interact with us in a nutshell.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. Um, so, so something interesting that you mentioned at the beginning, Nick, was when you first went and tried out a class at an affiliate, you yeah. were you were sensitive to the price.
2: I uh, was so, much.
0: So now, so we all know as an affiliate owner, when you're behind the curtains, you actually know like, hey, that affiliate owner is not making very huge margins yeah, on that price. Anything, probably, <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> before you were an affiliate owner. What, yeah. what was the thing that moved the needle and you said, oh, this, what, however much it was, let's say $200 a month, is uh-huh. now worth it?
2: Well, I, I mean, it was just uh, – when I first heard the price, it was just a shock because I was used to like Planet Fitness or like the really nice gyms around here called Lifetime, and that's like 65 bucks a month. Um, And I was a full time college student. And so is Nicole. We're both still in school and we just didn't have any extra money. So it was like shocking to me. Um, And then what really moved the needle, I guess, for me was um, what I was doing didn't work. Uh, And that was incredibly frustrating to me. Um, I spent so much of my I mean, so much of my time in the gym. And it just wasn't. Um, paying off like I wanted it to and um, I missed like a competitive atmosphere, I missed uh, having a community of people um, and it looked like CrossFit had all of that, and it does. So, um,
0: so now as the affiliate owner, it's y- you know you're in charge of communicating that to people and i think uh, a lot of owners are falling short as to how do how are we communicating value so maybe give us some ideas of what you guys are doing at 248 on communicating the the value proposition here
1: i always whenever i explain price we have so many people walk in and like automatically shut down when we tell them the price so when i say that i kind of explain like, personal training and how much it would cost for them to get the same kind of training with personal training and how much that would cost. We do offer personal training, and I think personal training is amazing, and that fits for some people. Um, but I explained the difference with that. And the um, results that they get at our gym versus, say, like, a globo gym type of setting Um you're actually getting a result when you're coming to a CrossFit class. You have someone that's making sure that you're safe. You don't have people looking at you and judging you. Mm-hmm. Um, you have someone telling you what to do. All of our programs or all of our workouts are programmed. That's a big one because a lot of people go to a gym and walk around aimlessly wondering what to do. So programming is a big one. Um, Coaching is another thing. And then then the community thing. Like You're not going to get a community from another gym. You're not going to get um, – 20 workout buddies to hang out with when you're working out. Um, that's something that is super cool about the CrossFit gym. Is, is Absolutely.
0: And and I think what you just did there, Nicole, was, you know, you, you explained all of the benefits of your services to me. You didn't explain the features. You didn't say, well, it's constantly varied. Functional movement performed at a high intensity in a group right. setting. Like, I don't know what that means. yeah. Exactly. So, but what you've told me, you've said results. And if I, you know, if I said to somebody on the street, like, what, you know, what is losing 30 pounds of body fat worth to you? What are these results worth to you? Then price becomes an afterthought. And that's a great, great uh, point of communication that you had there, Nicole. Great. Um, So, what are some other ways that um, you guys are differentiating yourselves in the market. Are you guys in a pretty crowded market right now?
1: Yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah, very. There are like,
1: three other gyms that recently opened up within two miles of us. So yeah. it's getting pretty,
2: pretty crazy out what, here.
0: What are some strategies that you guys are using to sort of um, stand out in the crowd?
2: Uh, well, I think we're doing a lot of things. Um, a lot of it was ideas we've had from just, like, steamrolling conversations with three, two, one, go people. Um, but there's a lot of new gyms moving in and they're just like doing stuff that we desk, you know, stuff that we did in the beginning, like just selling their services very cheap, you know? Um, and I think we've kind of moved towards trying to really be like the super high quality gym locally. So we're not necessarily as focused anymore on just like packing every, every class, to the brim, we just want our quality to be, to be like freakishly high. So like,
1: I don't value know. is yeah, the biggest thing. For
2: right, packing yeah. a lot of value. And so like be the BMW of CrossFit or uh, I don't know if that's a good, you know, but we're not trying to be like um, typical. And um, I guess another really big thing we've done, we're, we're a gym that's like heavily focused on Olympic lifting and gymnastics. We have really, um, I think, uh, exceptional coaching in those two areas. So we started to do specialty courses and kind of like build up, Um, what I think is like a growing reputation as a gym that just moves really well.
0: So, and I think that's a great, and I'm going to like pause you right there because I think that's a great point is that a lot of gyms would say that they have these really great coaches, but then Mm. are not communicating that in a very tangible way. So here you have these great Olympic weightlifting coaches and you're giving them a platform to do it in these specialty classes Or you're having them create content around their specific skill set. And then that's really how you show the public how you're different. Because every gym that you're going to walk into is going to say, we have good coaches. And then there's the, okay, well, what what next? And now that you have these great coaches. Right. Yeah. So changes. Um, Every affiliate goes through changes. They need to go through changes to adapt to a new marketplace or even a crowded market. What are some of the changes that you guys have made in, in recent months that, and what have been the challenges and the successes around those changes?
1: So the biggest one, and we talked about it earlier is changing from just like a base price where we would offer free everything, basically free meal plan suggestions, free, uh, Nutrition seminars, free coaches' eye videos, free everything to now um, having a stratified model and charging for these things. And um, when we the biggest thing that we've done, I'd say, was changing from free open to gym to a paid open gym. And we open or we offer open gym for two hours a day. Um. And the way we did that is we sent out an email to all of our members. We posted it on our private Facebook group um, and we posted it on the, or wrote it on the whiteboard and um, in our gym. And for basically everybody, it went really smoothly. We explained why we were doing it and explained that we want their membership tailored to them. We explained that having those services would give us an opportunity to get cool equipment for open gym, or to help them with programming, or to do that kind of stuff, and why it was going to be an extra charge. Um, and that went pretty well. We got lucky, and I think that we got a lot of help from 321 go and explaining to our members what the value of that was. Um, but that was the biggest change that we've made.
0: And that's one of the things that we're noticing when we talk to people, you know, that are really excelling in their markets. And I would consider you guys in that camp as to like really excelling and pushing the needle forward with our brand is that we're noticing the top performers are really leveraging their assets. And you've got all of these assets in the form of equipment. And Mm -hmm. and you guys, I think, are doing a really great job in leveraging your best assets. And that's, you know, your mind and your equipment. And if you, as the business owner, are assigning a $0 figure to that or zero value proposition to that, so will your clients. Like if you went to the BMW lot, back to your example, Nick, and (laughs) all of those BMWs were free, that would would literally – even if they were the same exact build, if those BMWs were free, they would be the most hated car in North America.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Okay, so – what are some other changes that, that have really been pushing things forward for you guys?
2: Um, there There's a few things. So like the specialty courses, we always kind of just we'd like pick days um, throughout, uh, I guess like the week or month where we'd like really dive deep into something in a group class. Um, but it wasn't like really the best setting to teach people the best. Um, it wasn't really a, a, the best use of our time. So, creating specialty courses that had a defined start and end date was really big for us.
1: For that, I'm going to butt in really yeah. quick. Um, for that, not only did it, it give people the opportunity to like learn Olympic weightlifting better or whatever, but the last Olympic weightlifting course that we had, our the, our members took it upon themselves to make t-shirts and they like got really into it. So it was a big community thing too.
2: Yeah. Huge. Um, so specialty course, I mean, been good and and even on like our back end in in terms like business-wise specialty courses are great um because they've kind of like served as a way for our coaches to make more money when they want to um so we have coach all five of our staff our coaching staff are full-time students so um we're like we need um more time (laughs) i guess we need coaches who have more time so we're like all near the end of our degrees and i can't wait um so that we can do more specialty courses and stuff. But it's really awesome that our coaches know that there's they have the ability to make more money when they need it mm-hmm. or when they want it. Um, and I think that's really good for us in terms of retention for our staff, like in-house. And I, I think that that's
0: a really important point because, I mean, you think it all of the best companies in the world are the best – Organizations that you've ever worked for outside of a gym have a path for advancement for their employees, and we should be no different. We can't be exempt from needing to provide that opportunity as well. Yeah. Um. I want to. So I want to ask you guys a question. So, um. You know, you had mentioned getting a lot of procedures and systems in place, and really yeah. have been focusing on that recently. And uh, and you guys have a newborn as well. Um. <laughs> Can you yeah. imagine in 2013 not having these systems in place, what life would feel like right now? No,
1: no. It would be insane. It would
2: be so bad. I can't tell you. I don't know.
1: Yeah, we when, when I had Gracie, um, both of us took a full week of no answering phone calls, no doing anything related to the gym. I don't
2: even think we answered an email, honestly. Yeah,
1: we did nothing and everything kept going yeah the gym didn't burn down yeah (laughs) nothing
2: but it was very successful
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome and you know and that's really going to be our focus in the academy going forward is is being able to provide people the opportunity to to have families and and just you know every other person that's employed it it has the luxury to take that time. And as gym owners, you guys are changing people's lives and in improving society immensely. And you guys should be afforded that same, uh, you know, that same right to enjoy your family time for sure. Mm -hmm. So, um, any, any last words for any gym owners out there right now that, that look at their gym and they think, you know, something's got to change. Um, uh, things are not going well for me right now, or I'm not satisfied, or I don't have time with my family. Do you have any suggestions for people to kind of get some momentum moving in
2: the right direction? What do
1: you think, Clay? You start I don't
2: know what I'm trying to think. <laughs> uh, that, find a mentor like ASAP. So um, the idea of having a mentor was very appealing to us for a long time before we started it. Just um, and we knew that it would be worth the money. Uh, We just didn't like have a lot of excess income and um, we didn't know how to kind of like appropriate that or like budget it out. So uh, we decided one day after being super frustrated, it was like 11 p.m. um, and I whipped out my credit card and we paid for a mentor and it was (laughs) super worth it. So just like uh, take a leap of faith, I guess. If this is what you want to do with your life, then um, invest in yourself you know it's um like I, I find somebody to help you it's it's really okay to ask for help it's um, it's so been so beneficial to us to yeah. learn from people who are successful
0: what has the return been like on that investment um
1: one of the biggest thing I've noticed um, is that we we get a pretty decent amount of new people coming to the gym um, and before a lot of those people for one reason or of the or the other, not because of us necessarily, but just because of lack of interest or busy schedules or whatever wouldn't end up sticking around. And I think that since doing a no sweat intro and like um, having the idea to meet with somebody and not automatically make them work out, that's helped people um, find, ways to be in our gym that fit them Mm -hmm. and help them integrate into the gym and like really stick there and then having we do kind of a bright spots kind of thing where we talk about their goals and their on-ramp and that's helped with keeping people accountable and keeping them in the gym for (laughs) longer than a few days or a few months.
0: (laughs) Well, that's great. Yeah, you know, and that's kind of the one thing that I'm finding is even you know back to the stratified model. Typically, you know, it takes about let's say six to eight weeks to roll out a stratified model, and then usually yeah. that, you know, pretty much your first month of a stratified model, if not the first two months, has then paid for your mentoring, um, and even wow. that's just like just a sliver of some of the things that we that we cover.
2: Yeah, yeah, it definitely pays off.
0: Awesome. Well, guys. um, Any last words of uh, advice? I see Gracie's getting a little fussy right now.
2: (laughs) Um, The only other big note here that I was going to say, like change that we made is we were like tried and true CrossFit, like just CrossFit when we opened. Group class model is the only way, and I don't know why. It's just – that's just all we kind of knew, so – I mean, I still remember, this kills me, but there's people in our um, industrial complex and they came over in like the first month or two and were like, hey, will you personal train four of us? And I was like, no, 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 we just do group classes. <laughs> so personal training is uh, something that we didn't ever focus on and it's really important. Uh, that, that pays us well. So um, it's been really important good for us to like start focusing on that and trying to build that because we just like we love this but we want to be able to live like a happy um life outside not have to worry as much about money so it's good to do things that pay us well i guess
0: awesome i think that's a great place to leave it guys thank you so much and uh and keep up the good work
2: thanks Thanks. man nice talking
0: to you today. all right bye guys Bye. bye have a good day Thanks for listening to the Sport of Business podcast. If you found this valuable, be sure to subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher and leave us a review. For more information, head over to 321goproject.com.